This episode, we will be recapping the D-Bag series and previewing the Cardinals one. Also talking about how apparently Javi Baez is going to want a $200 million contract and how I will be attempting to be on the radio channel ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Cubs Win Podcast. Uh, I have a sore throat, so if I sound different or anything, just know that's the reason. So, poor win. Poor Cubs win. Yes, poor Cubs win. Cubs win has died, unfortunately. Thankfully, we did not, he does not have to see all his favorite players get traded off, so... I guess that's positive. Yes. All right. All right. So over this D-back series now, the Cubs won two out of three. Finally back. Somehow still failed because you should sweep the Diamondbacks every time. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting close to, but. Yeah. We did. We really did. Uh, Game one was. Pretty good. Uh, we won. How much did we win by? I don't remember. Five to one. one. Yeah, okay. We won five to one. So, it's all right. Uh, it's actually pretty close till the seventh inning. Um, Jason Hayward had a pinch hit, two-run home run that made it five to one. But before that, Wisdom hit a solo home run. Uh, Rizzo hit a home run to put the Cubs ahead two one in the fourth, and then before that. Uh, Marzek hit a sack fly to put the Cubs up one nothing in the second. So the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks got their only run on a Josh Rojas RBI double, and a pretty smooth win. Another wide performance, I believe. Yeah. Yes, wide hit though, making his getting his first uh, wide performance of the second half. Yeah. And. Kriot Kimball makes the save. Yes, Kriot. It's a shame how that meme has taken off so much, and yet in a few days it's just going to be dead. Yes. Uh, going to be a dead I, meme soon. I don't know. I don't think we talked about it in the last episode. What, the meme? Yeah, I think that happened near the end of it, or after the last episode. Yeah, it did. So, and I almost deleted the comment that spawned it as well. I, sa- I said, under Cubs wins mock, tra- mock trade post, it's probably still there. I said... Yes. I need seems- to pin it, actually. Yeah, it seems a little too much for Kriak. And I misspelled Craig with a T. And I almost deleted it. And then I was like, you know what, that could be kind of funny. So I just left it. And it turned into a meme. So. Yes, it is now all over Twitter. Yes. Fun. You have been ratioed by Cool Kriot. Mm-hmm. Cool Kriot is Kimbrel, and then plus Kriot. So they're two different people. Combined powers make one insanely inhuman being. And yeah, I need to make. Kriot works. I need to make a few more memes of it. I've only got to make a couple so far. Yeah. But there will be more. Anymore. As much as there can be before the guy's traded. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Such a wish we could have came up with it earlier. Yeah. 
Alright. Anyway, game two, this is where it gets really interesting. Um Cubs were down two to one, heading into the uh, ninth inning of this one. Uh I believe let's see. Yeah, they got their first run because Javi Baez hit a four hundred and seventeen foot double. I like how you, I like how it's measured out as a four hundred and seventeen foot double when the outfield fence is four hundred and thirteen feet away. I think that's funny. Because that means that for whatever reason it went four feet more. Oh, uh, maybe it hit the wall or something like that. Yeah, perhaps. Anyway, Baez doubled in a run that made it two to one and it remained that way until the top of the ninth inning when the Cubs had nobody out, down by a run with two outs in the ninth inning, down to their final out. Uh, they had then uh, Rafael Ortega came up, he doubled, and then one batter later, Robinson Chirino singled him in, and then Wilson Contreras hit a two-run homer, and that gave the Cubs a 4-2 lead before Kriat closed it out. Yeah, uh, Marquis broadcast screwed up really bad there. Completely the fucking malfunctioned, and it was just... <coughs> Contreras' home run was so clutch, the TV could not handle it. Yes, that was in all these captions, I believe, for the home run. I'd like to think that it wasn't, it was so clutch that it wasn't meant to be seen by human eyes, apart from the people that were there. But you know what? The people that were there probably suffered some sort of temporary blindness because it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful that they just couldn't show it. It would have, like, destroyed your. And, yeah, it was, it's the, it, re, it remains the only home run in MLB history that no one has actually seen. We only saw it land. We never saw it anywhere. Because it was so beautiful. So, that's Man, honestly, honestly, at first, because you didn't see it, I was wondering if it was going to hook foul. So I was just sitting there like, what the hell's going on? Oh, the suspense. Imagine if, this has never happened before, but imagine if it was like a really key situation like that. And, like, the guy hits the ball, and, and you think it's going to hook foul, but as soon as he hits the ball, as soon as he, like, makes contact, just before the camera flips to show you if it's gone or not, your TV just freezes. And then you're just like, oh, my God. And then it's like, buff, like if you have streaming services, it, like, has to pause for a minute and buffer, and then it continues and everything. Imagine, so you're just sitting there waiting for the TV to unfreeze. And then it goes foul. Yeah, and that no, but then it's like fair or foul. It, that I, that would honestly be so torturous. You kind of had the same sort of experience, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to look at my phone to see if it was a home run or not. <laughs> I, I just, I just wait. Yeah, me, me too. Like the same thing goes for something like bases loaded, two outs in the ninth inning, two-two count, one-run game, and your team is trying to close out the other team. Like imagine the national fans. When David Bodie came into play, I'm like, just before he swung, the TV froze. And the pitch is, like, in the air. And they're like, well, I hope he struck him out. And then a few seconds later, it's all over. I just think that'd be so funny to witness. Just like, yeah. And then everyone just pauses. I don't know. That'd be funny. Hopefully that never happens, though. That'd be really torturous, too. Yeah, Cubs win. Probably wouldn't have a TV after that. Yeah, I'd probably destroy it. But the Cubs win this one, four to two. Kriat comes in, closes it out. Yes, and, gets uh, save number three sixty nine. Uh, yeah, um, that moves him into ninth all time, ahead of 
Jonathan Papelbon for some reason. Um, he is now ninth all time in terms of saves. He had sixty nine saves, three saves. Uh, I I don't know how Jonathan Papelbon is even there. He wasn't. I don't think he played for that long. I think he played until twenty sixteen, but I mean that doesn't seem that long to be quite honest. And he wasn't that good either. Like he was good, but I don't think he was Hall of Fame good or anything like that. But I don't yeah, think I he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will be. I don't know. Okay, he started in 2005 with Boston. He was only in 17 games. He was pretty good. So 2006, I guess that was like his full rookie year. Pretty good that year. I guess SV is saves. So 35, 37, 41, 38, 37, 41, 38, 29, 39, 24, 17, 7, 19. 368. I just, I didn't know he was that good. <laughs> I guess well, it helps. I guess. Really good, but yeah. I guess That's you know now. I guess I do. Cubs take two out of three to go in for the sweep, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, the, <laughs> the rally was fake this time. Yes, uh, yeah, the rally was fake, unfortunately. Um, the Cubs were tied up. The Cubs were tied up at two, the majority of game three. Uh, it was 2-2 heading into the seventh inning, and the Diamondbacks got two runs. Uh, one of them was a Dan Winkler. It was like a ground out or something, and it, it was like it was a double play or a ground out, scored a run, and then there was a pass ball by Rex Brothers that made it four two. And then I think the next inning, um, the next inning, there was a home run by Eduardo Escobar, who I keep hearing he's on the White Sox, but he's still in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bob Nightingale strikes again. He literally said Eduardo Escobar has been traded. And it, he's just not been traded. Watch him just remain there past the deadline. That'd be <laughs> I awesome. Be surprised. That'd be an awesome thing. He's just going to remain in Arizona forever now. He'll never get traded. Maybe he'll leave in free agency, but it certainly won't count. Such a Bob moment. I know. I don't know how he is constantly... How is he constantly wrong? I don't even know how he still has a job. I don't... Oh, like, you know, he writes for the paper, so it's like tweeting... They're not gonna... They're not gonna judge your job performance on tweets. But it is quite something about how he is constantly wrong. And, like, people make jokes about it on Twitter. Like, every time he tweets, they tweet, like, the opposite. Like, for example, one of his tweets today, let me pull it, let me pull it up. Unless he tweets about, like, a tragedy, then people don't say anything. But, like, New York Mets manager Luis Rojas receives two game suspension and fine for his quote-unquote excessive arguing with the umpires in Sunday's game. And the first comment is Luis Rojas will play first base with him. And, so, like, everyone says that, you know, he's in the game and all that. I just, but it's not even a joke because he is always wrong. Superhuman abilities. And he's, he's never failed. I know. Well, he fails all the time. 
But yeah, that's well, it. It never, you know what I mean. His jinx never failed. Yes. The Cubs, uh, they lose this game six to three, six to four. Six to four. Oh. Yeah, started a, a rally there in the ninth inning, but fell short. Yeah, uh, they got two runs. The Diamondbacks bullpen is ass, but our bullpen is also ass. So, yes. Joaquin Soria sucks, dude. It's unbelievable. I know. He's so bad. And the best part is we get to play these guys at Wrigley Field. And now that I said that, they're going to sweep us. But whatever. I don't even care. Um, he's so yeah. horrible. The guy gave we'll us three see. runs with two last on him in the uh, Contreras took the pitch right down the middle, which would have been a pitch to tie the game on there. He could have had a home run on that. Yeah, Full count, two outs as the tying run, but he watched it. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and I don't know. they won the series, so good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Cubs lose two three, but they win the series. Uh, MVP of the series. Current uh, MVP of the series Contreras. Yeah. Mets are Mets RSL. If you're listening right now, I see your comment that the Mets are winning the division. That may be true, but you are you are exiting the playoffs in the first round. I mean, you are, what, seven games over 500? I see you. You live in a shit division, and that is the only reason you're in first place. 49 and 42. And two and a half games up on the Phillies. That's awful. So, Where did I always say that? You said that on MLB's post about the Mets, who won 15 to 11 tonight. They scored a touchdown, or they scored two touchdowns, and got... For two touchdowns, got a two-point conversion. The Reds got a touchdown, um, a two-point conversion, and a field goal. Fifteen to eleven. Um, it's there, and I said he's out in the first round. He'll come at me in the DM saying like the Cubs got more on that. That doesn't. I don't really care. It's just the team, the benefit. The Mets are so average this year. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I see them, you know, on their highlights on Twitter and everything, and I see, you know, in the wind column sometimes, it's like, oh, look, there are the Mets. And it's just they're incredibly average. Like, they're pitching outside of the ground, very average. Their offense, pretty non-existent. Everyone's been injured, and they're just incredibly uninspiring. And they... Lindor like cannot hit. I just I don't I don't see them going anywhere in the postseason. Very off topic, I know, but whatever. Huh. All right then. Oh, he's been begging for you to talk about him on the podcast. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he's been talked about. So. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose Yay. so. 
Alright. Oh, we have to uh, find a, an opening for the Cubs dugout person. He wants to be on the podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get Maybe that Maybe we can sometime. invite him on at some point. We may bring him on for the, the end of the month and we'll do questions. Yeah. That'd be nice. Alright. So, MVP of the series is Wilson Contreras. And that's that's it for the Diamondbacks series. Cubs win the series. I don't know. We're nine games out, guys. I'm not gonna sit here and be all stressed out over like like some July series against the Diamondbacks. I'm not gonna go into terrific detail about it. I did read though in the paper this morning that um, the Cubs in Game Three all set. Well, hold on a minute. How many pitchers did they actually use? So the Cubs in Game 3 used Zach Davies, Kyle Ryan, Adam Morgan, Dan Winkler, and Rex Brothers. <laughs> so all of, so every one of those guys is pretty terrible. Except for Zach Davies, who's actually all right. But anyway, I read in the uh, newspaper that all of the pitchers that the Cubs used, every single one of them watched the first batter they faced. The Cubs yeah, eleven oh, walks. Eleven, yep. Four of those for Davies. Two of those were Ryan. One of them was Morgan. Two of them were Winkler, and two of them were Rudder. So everyone, so like all of the walks, like that's insane. All the pitchers the Cubs used, first batter they faced, they walked them. Not one strikeout was recorded when they first entered the game. That applies to Zach Davies too. He walked the first batter. He tends to walk a lot. He, before this year, he wasn't really walking. I think he was walking like two and a half per nine innings, but now he's up like four or five. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Well, that is interesting, and I have absolutely no answer for it. And I believe he is last in skill interactive ERA for all qualified pitchers by half a run. Wow. That's... He's been alright recently. Uh, but that, that leads me to believe that maybe he could be better. Um, yeah. The Diamondbacks left 24 people on base in game 3, but still won the game. The Cubs left 10. So that'll that'll happen when you walk eleven people. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of people on base, and Diamondbacks left twenty four people on base and scored six runs. Cubs honestly probably had a better game. If this game was against the Dodgers or something, they probably would have lost like fifty. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Let's go on to the Cardinals series now. We have to predict the Cardinals series? Yep. Didn't we do this? Uh, No, we did D-backs last episode. Okay. Well, the Cubs will lose game one, uh, 8-3. Yes. We'll save this shit show for the next episode, but I... This is going to lead into the bias story we're going to talk about soon. 
Oh lord, this is gonna be so awesome. <laughs> like, awesomely bad. I don't mean it as like, oh man, it's so awesome, I'll have your bias still. But like, it's, I don't know, it's just, we're looking forward to talking about it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just a few more minutes till we get to it after we go over the roster moves and this Cardinals series. So, game one obviously was a shit show. We'll get to that next episode. Game two, we got Trevor Williams on the mound against TBD. <laughs> Once again, we got a face. <laughs> Are you dying? Yes, unfortunately. If I die, you gotta take over and host. Okay, okay. It'll be called the Cubs Legion Podcast. Goat Rizzo Podcast. Yes, we'll talk about nothing except about how Anthony Rizzo is. I'll find someone to come on and fill the host. That's RSL. Oh my god, Mets RSL responded. He says, bro, stay mad. You fucking suck. Y'all are dead ass under 500. This is why Cubs Lane got you. Got double your followers. He's actually rational. Is that why? Is that why you're 4 I don't know if you can. Okay. I'm going to say Cubs I'll tell you why that happened yourself, after this. Cubs win says you're salty. I said that. Oh, bro. How he's going to be all up my dreams. Oh, he sees it immediately. He says you're salty. Okay. Anyway, that's our cells having a temper tantrum. Oh, God. Four messages from that's our cell. <laughs> Here it comes. All right, I'll save this for after. But game two, Williams versus TBD. Uh, I'll say... Goddamn. I don't... Who is pitching? Why can't they... It's literally tomorrow. How do they not know? I don't know. But you know, the Such Cardinals a have like tons moment. of injuries. The Cardinals have tons of injuries to their staff. I wouldn't really be surprised if tomorrow they just threw in some random person. Hopefully it's that guy Oviedo who absolutely sucks. That'd be I'll, say, awesome. I'll say the Cubs win it six to four. Okay, I'll say the Cubs win it six to three. I don't know why; it just seems right. All right. Next day, this is oh boy. It's gonna be Hendricks versus Wainwright. We're gonna be we're gonna be on ESPN that game as well. Oh, how 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 surprising. We are on ESPN every goddamn time we face these. I people. swear, I swear. I mean, the Red I don't Sox think there's Yankee been a series but... where we haven't played them on ESPN. Well, I mean, it's intentional because you know, yeah, rivalry. But like, I would honestly rather see. I don't. I'm happy that we are on ESPN, honestly, because I don't really, I don't have marquee. So this is the, yeah. So this is Hendricks is going to be going up against Wainwright. So that's why. So, yeah, that's Wainwright. These are two pitchers that kill the opposing team. Ooh, expect a very low-scoring game here. Yeah, this might be the uh, similar to the game that we had back in uh, May when the Cubs um, took St. Louis into like the tenth inning. Now that was that was 
No, yeah, okay. They took St. Louis into the tenth inning, and Baez hit the home run. Um, that might this might be a similar game. So I'm gonna say the Cubs win this game like two to one. Yes, I'm I saying that I as well. I don't honestly think anyone's gonna score a lot. Now that I've said that, the Cardinals will probably score. I got the same prediction. All right. So the final game will be Alzali and Kim. Well, we're losing this. Okay. What do you what's what do you think the score is gonna be? I'm gonna say Cardinals win sadly four to one. Four to one. I'll say square. I'll say the Cubs win three to two. All right, think positive. I like it. Um, those last two games be pretty interesting matchups. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wainwright kills the Cubs. Hendrick kills the Cardinals. And then last time Alzale faced the Cardinals, he only gave up, I think, a run. Or two runs, but it was uh, Yadier Molina who hit a who hit the home run off him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was and we lost that game. I was like, was that a two-run homer? Nope, solo. I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they tied it or something. Yeah. Um, I'd remember it more vividly if it was two runs because it'd be more heartbreaking. But um, yeah, that was the game with Joe Buck. And we lost that game, but he did really well. I think Alzale pitched him to the seventh inning. I'm not sure if he got through seven. But he did really well. So hopefully he can replicate that performance. The Cubs faced Kim recently. Except he's there's no way Molina's gonna hit another home run. There's no way. Now that he's finally that. back yeah, now that I said that. Um <sighs> he did get two hits tonight. He did. He did. He is actually under. He is actually below average this year. They put his stats up and everything, and I. It was like ninety six WRC plus, <laughs> like a OPS of below eight hundred, and people are out here saying like this man's the greatest of all time. He's actually a very average offensive catcher. He's just really good on defense, but he's not even the greatest of all time on defense. Johnny Bench is better. Johnny Bench uh, has like huh. 10 gold gloves or something. I know Dom says this all the time. He's got a lower <laughs> career war than Jason Kendall. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredibly sad. I mean... Yeah, to be called the greatest catcher of all time and not have a better war than Kendall. <laughs> I believe he played last year as well. I mean, his... He's got like a... on-base percentage... Career-wise, of like three thirty-three, he doesn't get on base a whole lot. I don't really know what's so special about this guy. He just seems fat and old. <laughs> That's what I say every time he's up to plate. Up to the plate, here comes yeah, the fat old guy, baby. And you can argue, Cardinal fans will argue, will argue that gold gloves are not the best defensive measurement of a player. And you're right, but you know what? It meant a lot to Molina. He said the baseball voters were racist last year. Yeah, I was just about to talk about that. Voting Contreras for a gold glove. When Contreras is from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I was was just about to talk about that. He was (laughs) bitching about not winning a gold glove because he's Puerto Rican. 
Maybe you just weren't good. You know, I yeah, love maybe, maybe you just suck. Maybe that's it. I saw his framing uh, like last week or something, and it was like negative one point three. Even Contreras has better framing than that. Yeah, and I think Contreras is hitting like I think he's having a better year at the plate than Molina. Yeah, I think definitely. I cannot confirm that, but I think it's not hard. Okay. So, yeah, Yadier Molina sucks, and we all knew that, and I still don't like him. So, never like him. Uh, yeah, we never liked him. Um. So moving on, we have some news today. The Cubs recalled uh, Dylan Maples today and sent down Kyle Ryan. So subtraction by addition. Um, and then we, uh, I don't think we talked about Matt Duffy last time. If we did, we're going to talk about him again. Matt Duffy is down in AAA currently on his rehab assignment. He should be back, I would estimate, soon. There's really no timetable for his return. I, I heard that he could be back on Thursday. Oh, how exciting is that? That'd be awesome. We need the Duffinator back. Imagine we get him back and then we trade him. I that would be a uh, a depressing Uh, moment. Looking here, showing Contreras' stats from leading off. Let me rewind this. Right. Yeah. Wilson Contreras when leading off. He's got 24 starts, 100 plate appearances, 382 OBP, 865 OPS, 10 extra base hits. Maybe he should be the leadoff man. Mm, yeah, but he strikes out a ton. Well, who doesn't on this team, to be honest? Matt Duffy. Well, yes. I can't wait until we get Duffy back. I really hope we keep him next year. And like, I don't know how old he is. I assume he, like can't be, he can't be that old. Yeah, because he was a rookie in twenty fifteen or fourteen or something. So he can't be that old. But yeah, yeah he's only like thirty something. But um, I really hope we keep him around next year because he he and Nico in the lineup together that would be a great combination. Mm-hmm. No matter who else we have, he could honestly. I think he's only like 30, so he can honestly stay until some of these other guys get called up. Yeah, he'd be a great mentor for them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, his ability to make contact and have uh, that small ball approach, that would be huge. Huge! Yes. That'd be invaluable for someone like Brennan Davis and Christian Hernandez and, I mean, like, Ed Howard, too. Like, a man, like, that's kind of why they brought in guys like Ben Zobrist in 2016. When, Because uh, after 2015, I think the Cubs, they were a playoff team in 2015. They went to the championship series, but they were way, they were like top 10 in the league in strikeouts. They struck out like a ton in 15, and that kind of sank them in the championship series against the Mets. So Epstein went out, and he got Ben Zobrist, contact-oriented veteran guy, and it worked. And the Cubs didn't strike out as much in 2016. They were like in a 
they were like close to last in the league in terms of strikeouts, and they had that great year, and everything happened. So keeping him would be awesome, and that, along with other things, is on is at the top of my list for this off season. Is keeping Matt Duffy because I would love to have him around. He would probably be very cheap. It's just yeah, he only signed for a million this year, I believe. Yeah, he's been a complete steal. The only obstacle is that he has to be healthy. But, I don't know. I mean, his injury history, I don't think he's been injured a ton. So, yeah. Um, but I would really like to keep him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I agree. he can stick around. Be kind of a bridge player. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, John Lester homer tonight. Yes, 419 feet. It was a legitimate bomb. That is... I mean, we've seen him homered before. He homered... Yeah. ...against the uh, Diamondbacks in 2018, the Twins. Uh, He homered one other time, I think. Hmm. Can't remember who else he homered against. But anyway... Those homers were kind of, uh, they were opposite field into the first few bleachers, and then like the first few rows at Wrigley Field. Pirates. This one was a bomb to center. What'd you say? Pirates, that was the other team. Oh, right, that's right, yeah, he did homer against the Pirates, you're right. I remember that, because it was in a, uh, a YouTube video about like the Pirates' failure as a franchise. And so, <laughs> um, so John Lester hits an absolute piss missile into the center field. The Nationals have kind of a weird gap in center field between the batter's eye and uh, the bleachers, and he hit one right there. And it was a moonshot. Just no doubt about it. Way out. Wow. Hit the back of that thing. Man, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Javier Baez distance. That's big swing on it, too. Man, kind of looking like Ken Griffey Jr. at the plate. Yeah, I have noticed. He's always got that Griffey stride to follow up. Yeah, he kind of had that uh, little stutter step at the beginning. Just dropped the bat and he was gone. I like it. I like it, John. Um, so Lester Homers, very good. Uh, I have no regrets. We all know. We, we've talked about this. I'm not going to be moving it. I have no regrets. Um, yeah. He now has the same amount of home runs this year as Eric Sobard does. You know, he could honestly probably play second base better than Eric Sobard. Yeah, <laughs> got an error tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I know. I know Eric Sobard. It sucks. Like I brought this up a few weeks ago on Twitter. I tweeted this out. And I think it was after that disastrous series in Milwaukee when they lost like two to one or something, and Sogard lined into a double play, and everyone was fucking like going crazy over it. I know Eric Sogard sucks, like he is awful, but so was Daniel Descalso, and I don't really remember Daniel Descalso generating this much hate. I, I mean, think he, he was terrible. I think Descalso hit a grand slam. Yeah, you're right, he did. But, it, but like, he hit, like, below 200 or whatever. He was a waste of money, and 
he ended his Cubs career on like the 60-day injured list, which is also known as you've played your last game here injured list. Um, but when he was in the field and would like strike out, I kind of remember people just being like, oh, you know, they kind of had that Jason Hayward attitude where it's like, oh, Daniel Descalso strikes out again, easy out, why is he here, that sort of thing. When Eric Sogard is at the plate, before he has even put one foot into the batter's box, Cubs Twitter is incensed. They have, like, pitchforks out, torches out. They are ready to tar and feather this man and, like, burn him at the stake. It's insane. <laughs> like, he's I'm... terrible, but, man, just the amount of hate he generates. I've, I've never seen this before. Like, one fan base hates a player so much. I don't think Yankee fans are capable of this. It's like... Well, let's give them to the Yankees and see how they do Yeah, that'd be a good test. Put him in New York in front of the most infamously vicious fan base in sports, and we'll see how he does. Um, all right, so Eric Sogard sucks. John Lester homers. John Lester is better than Eric Sogard. <laughs> Case closed. Uh, um, what apparently, else? Oh, right. Apparently, uh, Justin Steele has the best fastball in baseball. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Javi, but yes, Justin Steele does have the best fastball in baseball, according to this very nice post that I put on my story. It is from someone named Baseball Stats. His name is BSBL.Stats, Baseball Analysis and Graphs. And he uh, made a nice post tonight. Kind of has an old-timey Looney Tunes-style look. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. Very nice design, good colors. Um, he says, uh, it's not Carlos Rondon, but Justin Seals had the best fastball in baseball this year. It might not seem like it on the surface, but he has an unreal 48.8 whiff rate, by far the best in the bigs, minimum 100 pitches. In my grading progress, post maybe far away ranks the highest in terms of expected whiff. He goes on to, like, list all the stats about, I don't want to, like, give away his post on here, because you should go check it out and read it for yourself. It's very good. He's got some highlights, some good stats. Um, give him a follow. Um, but yeah, Justin Steele. Can't wait to see him pitch instead of Jake Arrieta. He's <laughs> so nasty and he's got some great stuff. And I, yes. it makes me very warm inside when he pitches. Yeah, we did see him come up at first and a reliever, of course. The injury now. He's out his rehab assignment in the minors, but they're keeping him down there a little bit longer because they're converting him into a starter. Yeah, they are uh, stretching him out. a great idea. Yeah, he has that, oh my god, he has that, um, that, like, swing and miss stuff. You'd have to go watch some highlights on it. Yeah, that uh, game against the Dodgers, that curveball to strike out Chris Taylor, I believe. That was Shannon's. filthy. Filthy, filthy, filthy. I mean, just... He was pumped up, too. I mean, the 95-mile-an-hour fastball with dirty, like, curveball-slider combination, that is, like, that's ace stuff. And that's only three pitches, I know, but, like, that is... Like, he's just awesome. I love watching him pitch because it makes me so happy to know that, you know, we drafted and developed this guy. He wasn't some sort of free agent signing or whatever. Yeah, apparently his fastball here has a negative 4.2 run value per 100 innings. Wow. 
Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Well, he's dominating down in the uh, minors right now. He threw a uh, four. He had a four-inning no-hit performance his first time out. I think he only allowed one hit. His next time out, he might pitch in the coming days. But yeah, if you have an opportunity to see Justin Steele pitch on TV in person, if you're near the minor league stadium. Uh, or the team where he's rehabbing right now, go check him out because he's filthy. And he's a, a big part of our future. He'd be a good arm to have in the rotation next year. I'd love to see him and Adbert pitching every day. Yeah, of course. I think it will happen. He'll probably become a full part of the rotation, actually. I'd love for that to happen. He's got that fire. Mm-hmm. A competitive edge. So, um, last thing on the agenda, huh. we have a, uh, <sighs> unless I'm missing something, we have a, a Javier Baez update, I guess. I'm not really sure if it's an update or not. I woke up to it. Uh, I woke up. This was, like, one of the first things I saw when I woke up. So, anyway, um... John Heyman said this morning, it was on 670 The Score, tweeted out that Javier Baez is reportedly, like John Heyman said, that the Cubs would likely have to get within uh, or over $200 million in an offer to Javier Baez if they wanted to keep him. And that, my friends, is when you know that it is time to let go of Javier Baez. I don't think it's ever been more clear. Yeah, that is, uh, that's laughable, honestly. That's, I mean, there's no one on the Cubs roster worth that much. I know that you're going to say Chris Bryant. Like, people are going to say Chris Bryant, but if Javier Baez is asking for $200 million plus, what is Chris Bryant asking for? <laughs> he must be asking for, like, close to $300 million. And that's, I mean, that that's, I just, I don't know about making that investment with anyone. Even Mike Trout, who signed that huge deal with the Angels, he signed an extension with, with the Angels a few years ago. He's been great. You know, he's been a bust, he's been great, he's been doing what he does best, but he keeps getting injured. And when someone getting paid that much gets injured, even for a short amount of time, I know Trout's been out a while, but even for a short amount of time, um, it just, it gets, like, exaggerated, and, like, you, it, it becomes, like, it get, it becomes larger than it should be, because they're getting paid so much. I mean, they become, like, prized goods. You have to protect them at all costs, and if they suffer some sort of career-ending injury, you still have to pay them. So it's, like, I don't know, like, an investment like that, anything over, I think, the 100 and... 80 million threshold is pretty risky. And, you know, we've all seen what happened with Jason Hayward, but that's uh, that's terrible. So that's almost over, though. It didn't affect the World Series, because, man, I don't want to pay anyone that much at all. Except Christian Hernandez. Yes, except Christian Hernandez, of course. Christian or a Hernandez few players that would pay uh, money to, but... Christian Hernandez will be the first billion-dollar contract. Oh, yeah. Rumored to sign it within the next few weeks. 
Yes, I've heard they're already working on the uh, deal length. It's going to be 20 years in here. Um, yeah, going to be the first player to reach 1,000 home runs. Yeah, 1,000 home runs. He's going to play. He's going to have 10,000 hits. So he's going to have like five hits per game for, for his entire career. He's going to play for 20 years. He's going to win the Triple Crown, the MVP, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, World Series MVP, NLCS MVP, NL MVP, and he's going to win the World Series with the Cubs. And uh, he's just going to be the greatest player ever. So, the World Series MVP. Yes. He's going to do many, many things. And the All-Star Game MVP. And he's going to win the Home Run Derby. Oh, yes. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to be the NL Player of the Month and Player of the Week every single month of his life. It'll be the Futures Game here. Soon. Yes, Futures Game MVP. Be there. And and at some point during his career, he'll just ascend to the heavens because he's just going to be too good for Earth. <laughs> so, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole Baez thing? Well, I want some of what he's smoking. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. <laughs> Two hundred plus. Come on. Sounds like you don't need to smoke very much. You're already coughing a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's... I, I don't know how you could think that you're worth over $200 million when you get on base almost, what is it, 30 points below league average? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, and you have an OPS below... 800, and a batting average below 250. That is not... That is not worth even $130 million. That is... <laughs> it's... <sighs> I don't know what the hell... I, I, don't, I don't know what's going through his mind. I mean, when I read that, I thought to myself, like, Oh, they're something me and Javier Baez have in common. We both want $200 million, and we're both not going to get $200 million. So, uh, I third that. Yes. I mean, if Chris Bryant went and asked the Cubs for like $200 million, that would be, be reasonable. Like, yeah, it, it would be, be kind of like, my reaction wouldn't be this. It would be like, hmm. Well... Mm, probably not. But I see where you're coming from, and it would depend on the whole like ramifications of the deal. If it was front loaded, then and, and you know in his late thirties he wouldn't be getting paid as much. Then I'd be like, eh, still kind of high, but yeah, maybe it depends on the years. You know, I... I know I just said that Chris Bryant isn't worth that much, but you know, whatever. Separate situation. Go ahead. I have a higher chance of winning two hundred million on a scratch off than Javi does getting two hundred million from any team. Yeah, I mean he kind of thinks he's Francisco Lindor. It's just he's not. I think it's because he's friends with Francisco Lindor. He like th- this is gonna sound really funny, but I think it's like. I think because he's friends with Francisco Lindor, he kind of thinks they're on the same level. And they're not. I mean, Lindor isn't worth what he got paid either. But 
He's better than Baez. So, yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I don't even know how he thinks he's worth that much. He hit below 200 in 2020. He's hitting 244 now. His feeling hasn't been what it has been, and he's almost 30 years old. He's going to be the oldest free agent shortstop on the market this year. How does he think he's worth that much? Like, who I, is telling him? I honestly, him, I just... I, I, I don't know either. It's just... I thought maybe he'd tone I mean, it down. I, I thought he'd tone it down or... Bring back his oh. offer. Like, we all know he turned down the $280 million, but no. Just, like, this isn't, like, coming straight from bias. This is coming from John Heyman. But I'm assuming, because John Heyman is actually a pretty good source, unlike Bob Nightingale and other people. I'm assuming John Heyman is saying this. I'm assuming what he's saying has some basis in reality. And I thought maybe yeah, bias would bring his price tag down. Yeah, because we all know he declined the hundred eighty million extension, so which was a bullet dodged. Yes, 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 yes. That is imagine like imagine he made we're not gonna talk about it, but he made like what, two errors tonight? Mm-hmm. Imagine if we like imagine like seeing him make errors like that hurts enough, but imagine if you looked at those errors and you thought that error was worth like million dollars that would be so horrible that would be terrible i mean this that would be like worse than jason hayward's contract it would be awful to see him i just i don't want to pay him that much at all i'd rather trade him or let him walk yeah i think our best bet is to trade him to some team that does not look at analytics at all so the pirates Maybe or the White Sox. I think it's the White Sox. Uh, I mean, the White Sox have Tim Anderson, so um, they're not gonna they're not gonna need him. Who knows? Maybe we'll find like maybe the Reds. Story, but I don't know. Maybe the Reds. The Reds. Maybe. They could give us Castellanos. Yeah, fair deal. Oh god, I hope stop again. Yeah, I know he'd be so fucking high without the organization. Well, spending like three years in, like outside of the playoffs, is not like I, I would not stay if I was him. I would test the market, and if the Reds resigned me, they resigned me. But I would test the market because, like, what if a team like the Dodgers wants you or something like, or the Mets, or the Braves, or something like teams with a chance? I would. Go out if I was him. You know I've done some great things in Cincinnati. You know, let's see what you got. I'm probably he's probably worth a lot more now than he was when the Cubs had him in 2019. So, yeah, I remember people saying that he wouldn't keep up what he did with the Cubs. And... I was one of those people. <laughs> I was wrong. Oh man, they got a steal of a contract, absolute steal, 16 million or something. It was like four years, ninety-four million, I think. It was. was uh, he's he's worth like hundred and thirty million now. Yeah, well, and the I thing mean, is, it's sixteen million a year. We could afford that. 
we can afford that. Well, you have to remember that in the second half of 2019, Kyle Schwarber actually had a better second half. And the Cubs already had uh, Hayward and Wright. They had Hap, who came up and was on fire at the end of September. Almora, I think, had a decent season. Uh, They still believed in him then. So they thought, well, we'll just go with the cheaper option. Yeah, Almora, looking back on it, was fucking awful. But at the time, and I knew he was awful, at the time, though, they believed in him. So I think they just went with the cheaper option, and they were like, you know what? Instead of paying Nick Castellanos all this money, we'll just go with Kyle Schwarber, because he did exactly what Nick Castellanos did, and he's already on the roster, and he's only getting paid like $8 million. And they did. And then pandemic happened, and Schwarber hit 188, he got let go, and now Warwick got let go, and it didn't work out. But got Peterson and him. The upfield has been in a bit of a flux since uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. I'm going to forever miss the Fowler-Zobrist-Hayward outfield. That was the outfield of, like, my dreams. I loved that outfield. A World Series winning outfield. I remember the time Zobrist would occasionally play outfield. Yeah, he was there for Game 7. Schwarber, towards ACL and all that. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah. We have. Let's see. We are. This is this episode is currently being recorded at twelve seventeen a.m. Central Time, one seventeen a.m. Eastern Time. So the trade deadline is July thirtieth. It was moved up a day for some reason this year. It is the twentieth. We have 10 days, 10 days until the trade deadline. So expect a lot to happen in 10 days. Mm-hmm. I don't know when things will happen, but I anticipate next week at this time, my guess, my hot take is going to be that one of Bryant, Baez, and Kimbrell are gone. Within next week? Like next week at this time on the 27th. I'm going to anticipate that one of Bryant, Baez, or Kimbrell, one of them, at least one of them, if not two of them, or all of them, are gone. I think Kimbrell has the highest chance of being on first out of them three. That's a good point, but you could also look at it as Kimbrell is their best piece, so they might keep their cards close to their chest and build up as much leverage as possible and take it down on the wire so a team maybe gets desperate and has to like come calling at the last hour and overwhelms them with a deal. Maybe. Maybe. Builds up leverage a little bit. So, this weekend, um, let's see. Hmm, that's weird. Uh, anyway, this weekend, who are the Cubs playing? They are D-backs playing the Diamondbacks at Wrigley Field. So, in the, in the daytime, so I don't know. I expect some major stuff to happen in the next week. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, it is. Reginald Preciado and Owen Casey are hitting over three hundred and over four hundred respectively down in rookie ball. By the way, so uh, I was I never looked at. 
fan graphs prospect list and they they already had Preciado as the hundredth best prospect. So the Cubs now have how many? Five? Yeah, if you combine the list. Because Davis is rising. He's yeah, he was twenty he was twenty sixth on that list. Yeah, he's uh top twenty five soon. He could he could honestly reach top fifteen or top ten next year. Yeah, he's uh he's coming. Pretty fun. But anyway, we should uh wrap up this episode before we uh bore our listeners and before I lose my voice and before Legion dies. Or not Legion, uh Win. Before Win dies. So Yeah. We'll see you next time, I guess. Oh, one other thing. Oh, one other thing. <sighs> Jesse Rogers. Ah, yes. Good old Jesse. I ratioed him tonight. Fun. Yeah. He is. <coughs> so you were confused about what he was saying. I... Yeah, he kind of had this weird little thing. I was like, hmm. I uh, said that I was like Javier Baez is not getting two hundred million or something, or like he made three years, and I said Baez really wants two hundred million, and Rogers said, "What did he say?" I kind of yeah. forget. He said, I don't know about once one ODS, like after his MVP season, who's realistic to an extent. Oh, I see. Okay, now I know what he's saying. He's saying that Baez maybe doesn't want it because it's not coming directly from Baez himself, and it would have been realistic after his MVP season. Well, what the hell, man? I had no idea what the hell he was saying the first time. All I read was like, realistic yes and then he just trailed off and i was like what you said what are you saying <laughs> and then he, he got insulted and he <laughs> and he was like listen to the talk show song or something yeah like that. i said jesse hasn't been paying attention to the news apparently and he said ha call it fake news at least you take a random tweet as gospel it's Not a, a random, random tweet, tweet. It's, it's all over the internet it is from the radio station that his show is on. It's from 670 <laughs> The Score. It's like... Yeah, John Heyman made the tweet as well. Yeah, it's... Oh my gosh. So now... Let's see, where is it? I'm gonna find it. <laughs> uh, I see news. All your blue checkmark buddies are tweeting about it. He goes, okay, if you want to know exactly how things are, tune in tomorrow at 11.30, or better yet, call in and ask whatever you want. So, I'm going to call in tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Central Time. Yes, please do that. Give him a piece of my mind. Yeah. He's been a smart ass. Yeah. Can you record that? I will be asleep. You're going to be asleep. I love sleeping. 11.30, also, though? Oh, wait. No, no, no. It's uh, 312-644-6767. That's the number to call the score. Okay. That's, I thought it was some on idiot, Some idiot 1, gave you the wrong number. Oh, the idiot that said 6.30, your mother? No, not that idiot. That's me. No, um... 
Well, that's the exact number that You should call that number. Um, it's, it's one digit short, though, so you might have to do U or uh, Y-U-H instead of Y-A. Y. ESPN 1000, he said yes. So do I call it score or ESPN 1000? Well, some guy, I can't remember who it was. It was like, oh yeah, it was over here. Um, he said, some guy said 312-332-3776, which is a Chicago number, but the, that's not the scores number. So well, yeah, it's ESPN 1000. Yeah, that's, oh, it is? But he said, didn't he say it was on the score? No, it is on ESPN. I am tired. He said, Carmen Del Falco will appreciate it. He needs new fans. I have no clue who that is, nor do I care. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to... Are you really going to be asleep at 11.30? I like sleeping. Probably not, but who knows. I'll, I'll try to tune in. I'll try to call, I'll try to listen. Yeah. I don't if know I can't, people... just screen record. Screen record. Does that work with phone or phone calls? Um, yeah. Just swipe up, it records the audio of whatever is on your screen. I mean, you have to have an iPhone 8 or up. I got the newer SC when one was released last year. Okay. So yeah, you'll be good. Just do a screen recording. They have, they'll have no idea that you're screaming for me on that, so. Yeah, I'll have All to right. put the anyway. segment in the next episode. Yeah, that would be fun. Hopefully you pull it off. Yeah, I'll let, um, I'll let uh, Jesse know who I am. Who am I? Okay, okay. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be a dick, but I'm going to Do a shout-out for Goat Rizzo over the radio. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that before I get off. Okay, you do that. Oh, All right, God. well, we're going to wrap this up. Because our listeners are probably thinking, what the hell is this guy they're talking about? Because <laughs> unless you're on Twitter, you have no idea. So, anyway. Yeah, you can find the conversation under my replies on my Twitter account, Sheriff Chafin. So if you want to see me and Rogers. And me, Goat Rizzo. Yeah, and Goat Rizzo. So I will be calling in tomorrow. It'll be 12.30 here. 12.30 in Eastern time, but I know most of the listeners are probably from Chicago, so that'll be 11.30 in the morning for you guys. ESPN 1000 is the radio channel I'll be calling to. Alright, good luck. Yes, yes, yes. It'll be a shame if you're asleep. I know you like sleeping. Yeah. Alright, we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Just a few more days. Goodbye.